0: Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the share your story tab on the church center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. and You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video. Online at fellowshipgj.com. Or, if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us today and enjoy today's service.
1: Hey, good morning, church family. If you stand with us as we get ready to worship, this first song is all about declaring that God is unstoppable. And as I was thinking about that, I was like, God is truly unstoppable. The only thing that can stop him is us. And all we've got to do. So in this song, when we declare these
2: You know, as we we're singing Waymaker, I just I just kept envisioning Moses having all the Israelites behind him and he holds up his staff and the Lord makes a way, makes a way for his, his kids, for, for safety, for the, the children in, in Israel. And I just had this thought in my mind that like the Lord made room for his people. He, he made room for his kids. And I feel like we in our hearts, we need to make room for him too. And I think there's people in here that have crazy circumstances in front of them burdens, sickness. You're tuning in from home because you're sick this week. I mean, you have these things just in your life. And maybe it's a, one of your children that have been like a prodigal and they've, they've gone away and you've been praying for them and praying for them. And these things, they take space up in our hearts. And I feel like the more and more we hold on to that stuff, the less and less we can receive even from God. And so if we can, can honor the point that God has of making room for his kids, like what if we make room for him today to do something amazing, extraordinary in our lives, in our hearts. And so right now, I just feel so led to just pray for you and for us to like have this exchange with God that we can lay down the things that we're holding on to for just an hour, just right now. That we may receive something greater and more glorious that He may have in store for us today than we ever thought possible. And so if you would just just, just lift your hands out like this, like you're, you're you're holding something. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about what, what's taking up that room. What is that thing? that you can just lay at the feet of Jesus because at the feet of Jesus, it is safe. At the feet of Jesus, it will be taken care of. You do not have to worry. You do not have to stress. You do not have to struggle over this anymore. So whatever that thing is in your life, maybe it's a person, whatever that circumstance is, with me right now, just lay it at the feet and just turn your hands over like you're dropping it, the feet of the cross as you drop that, lift your hands up to heaven. Jesus, we make room for what you wanna do today. God, open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what you want us to see, what you want us to hear. God, you are worth it. Nothing else really matters except you. So Jesus, we are open to what you want to tell us today, what you want to give us today. We want more, God. You are the way maker. I trust you with what I've placed at your feet. Father, for every single heart and soul in this room, I pray that we can hear and see more, God, of who you are. Jesus, today, we love you. We thank you. We worship you in your heavenly name. Amen. All right, give another shout of praise to God. Come on. Let's be free today. For those of you that are with us here in person, go ahead and say hello to somebody and uh, take a seat, find your seats. For those of you that are tuning in from home, Thank you so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. So grab your cup of coffee or whatever you need to do. Get settled uh, wherever you're at. If you're out and about um, camping or something like that, go ahead and I'd love to see it in the chat where you're tuning in from. Bonus credit for pictures and things like that in the Facebook and YouTube feeds. It's awesome to see how Fellowship's reach has go so far beyond just our walls, but even into the state, the country, and the world. So thank you so much for tuning in with us. At home. And whether you're at home or in person, if it's your first time here at Fellowship Church, or if you just want to learn a little bit more about different opportunities and things here that are going on within our ministries, just get your cell phone out and text the word Fellowship to 94,000. As soon as you do that, you'll get like a little uh, link tree where you can, um, if you're you're brand new here, you can learn more about us. You can register for our guest reception, see a group or a class or something like that. So if you're at home, that's a great way to connect with us. And uh, you'd immediately be able to get in contact with some staff and we'd love to be able to hear from you that way. So text the word fellowship to 94,000. For those of you that are in person and brand new um, and you wanna just stop by our information center, we'd love to give you a free specialty drink from our coffee shop for you and anybody in your visiting party today. So head back there. You fill out a little card, and we'd love to give you that gift. For anybody here that just want to connect, maybe you've been attending for quite a while, and you're just like, I want to learn about a new group or class or something like that, stop by our connection desk in the lobby. It'll be on the east side of the lobby, and we have some volunteers there that can help you find a life group or something like that. As well. Now, as we continue to worship our awesome God with the givings of tithes and offerings, um, there's a lot of different ways to give. And we love to be able to see how God has impacted uh, all of us in our, our financial just sometimes it's a struggle it's a struggle other times it's a big blessing but he's always moving in our finances Um, the ways to give are pretty simple we have our offering boxes in the lobby for those of you that are in person uh, even when I'm in person I still do it on church center app because it's really easy to uh, check and track everything on there so if you're online you can do that or in person here you can also do the text to give or drop a check by during the week we'd love to say hey and see you If you are in need um, financially and you want a financial blessing, I'd love to be able to pray for you um, this morning. I know that there's a lot of different struggles and things going on. So whether you're at home or you're here uh, in person with us, we'd love to be able to pray a financial blessing over you. Jesus, thank you so much, God, for your provision. Lord, we know, God, that you, you care about the little details of our lives. And Jesus, we understand that loving you um, is worth it, God. And and giving is a way that we can love you and show you that. Um, Money doesn't hold our heart. Jesus, we say that you do. And so, Father, for every single person here, Um, that is in need of financial breakthrough, whether they're listening to this later or in person, God, I pray that you can move this week in their lives, God. You can provide um, for them in ways they never thought possible. You can answer their prayers just so specifically, God. And so, Father, I pray that you can unleash your financial blessings and bless these gifts that are coming in today, Lord. We love you and we thank you, Jesus. You are awesome and we glorify you in your heavenly name. Amen. All right, there's a lot of uh, really cool things coming into this fall. Here is Rocky to tell us a little bit more about it.
3: Life's Healing Choices starts today. Here are the leaders to tell you more about this amazing course.
4: Life's Healing Choices is a group that comes together in both men and women, and it's about our hurts, habits, and hangups, and how we can make good choices to heal. We go back, uh, we separate into two different groups, and the women can gather and talk, and then the men go and gather and have their own group. I see women that come in and they're very, um, they've been using their own devices to keep it together. And then slowly through the course, you can find that they've just started healing and that they've started trusting in other women. And then you see them around the church and you can just see the, the joy in their faces come back.
5: Men have a tendency to hold everything inside and not reveal their feelings, or their hurts, or their habits, or the hang-ups, you know. And we go through the curriculum, and it helps
2: reveal all these things that we hold inside of us. And
5: when you can get these things out, then you start healing.
3: Even though the course starts today, it's not too late to sign up. You can pick up your materials at the bookstore. The cost of this is $23, and don't forget to sign up on the Church Center app. We are so excited to bring you part two of Pastor Tim's Three Kings Bible Study. This Bible study takes us through the book of 2 Samuel and takes a really deep look at the three most famous kings of Israel. This study will take place in person and online Wednesday nights starting October 27th. The cost for this course is $18 for your study guide. You can pick up your study guide the first day of the course. Don't forget to sign up on the Church Center app. Hey guys, we have so many different servant opportunities here at Fellowship Church. You can get involved in the children's ministry. You can join the choir. You can be a part of the tech team. All you got to do is stop by the west end of the lobby, talk to Pastor Will, and he can get you all the information you need we are so excited to get into part two of the stronger series so get ready stronger I
1: need you to hurry up man cause I can't wait much longer I know I got to be right now cause I can't get stronger man I've been waiting
5: all night man That's funny I saw some white people dancing. Guys, I'm excited about this series and continuing in on stronger. These are kind of kind of be like training sessions as we get stronger as a church, stronger as individuals. So, are you ready to get stronger today? Yeah. I'm excited about this. Um, you might have read the title a moment ago: "Stronger When I'm Discouraged." We well, think, what, what does discouragement have to do with strength? Well. Really, I don't believe that there's anything that can sap your strength as much as discouragement. In fact, the Bible says that. The Bible says hope deferred makes a heart sick. So if you have hoped in something, no matter what it is, you're putting your hope in there that if I'm going to get this job. I I hope that my finances are going to come through. I hope that my kids are going to start listening to me and you hope in something, and then it doesn't happen. Uh, the Bible says that can actually give you a sick heart. And with a sick heart, it's like I'm, I'm za- sapped of all my strength. I, I, I don't feel like I have the strength to continue on on the things that I need to do. So what does the enemy do? He tries to discourage us. He tries to cause us to go through disappointment. And I wonder, how many of you that are over the age of five years old have never been through disappointment, <laughs> never been through discouragement? No, it's part of our human condition, right? We hope in things, and then it doesn't happen. And when it doesn't happen, sometimes we can find ourselves in a place where we're with a sick heart. We're, we're, we're sapped of our strength. We're, we're broken. We're stuck. And see, God doesn't want us to be in a place where we're stuck. He wants us to be in a place where no matter what discouragement we go through, we have the strength in order to be able to go through it. I, I can remember... One of the times that I went through great discouragement when it came to being a pastor and a teacher is that just over 20 years ago, I was given one of my very first opportunities to teach here at Fellowship Church, and it was a, uh, it was a Bible class. It was a starting point class for new Christians, and I, I was shocked that I was given the opportunity to teach. There's going to be adults, some people older than me, that, that I would be teaching. I, w- I was very pumped about this. And we put up the sign-up sheets, and 15 people signed up for my class. So I was excited. I was nervous, but I was pumped. This is going to be so cool. And I remember on week one, when everybody showed up, I, uh, I, I looked around, and from the 15 people that were supposed to be there, there was only three. I thought... Well, I mean, to be honest, that's not what I expected. It was a little discouraging, a little disappointing. And, and I thought, well, may, maybe I should have uh, called and left messages on their answering machines a little bit later in the week. An answering machine for you um, kids in the room was this thing that you would call and people would answer your phone. The machine would answer your phone and there was a cassette tape in there. A cassette, for those of you listening. Um, was <laughs> it, it, it had this thing that... Fun and this tape on it that would record a voice. So uh, it wasn't like your phone or wasn't like a text message. Like people would actually have to go home and play a tape and see, I wonder who called me today. And and there would be recordings from people on there. So I would call and leave messages on, on these answering machines. Don't forget our class is tomorrow. I'm excited to see you guys. And I would be prepared. And a week two, I like, I double prepared because I'm thinking since there was like 12 people that missed the class, I've got to cover the information of the first class in a way that's not going to bore the people that missed the first class and get that all for the second class. So I did, I worked so hard on this. And on week two, one person showed up to my class. I'm going to be a pastor. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to teach people. Hopefully I'm going to help encourage people in their lives and see people helped out in every different area where they need to see God move in their life. And 15 went from three to one to on week three, I would I went in just discouraged and sat there in a room all by myself, and no one else showed up. Have you ever been discouraged? And when you're discouraged, it really, we find ourselves at places where we make a choice. Do I want to continue on? Do I have the strength to keep trying to do this? When you pour into your marriage and you're trying so hard to meet his needs or you're trying to meet her needs and it's like that you're not seeing the response you want, you can start to wonder, do I really wanna continue on this path? Is it really worth it? Because I'm pouring out so much of me but I'm disappointed, I'm discouraged. And when we find ourselves in those places of disappointment and discouragement, it can sap our strength to where not only in the area that we're trying, we get tired, but we can lose our strength from so many different areas. I don't know if you've ever been through that, but you could be dealing with issues at home that are affecting you at work. And you can be dealing with issues at work that are affecting you in, in your physical life and, and in your emotional life. You, you can be dealing with issues in one area, it has nothing to do with the areas that now you seem to be struggling with. Why? Because you've lost your strength. So today, in this message, Stronger, Part 2, when, I, when I'm discouraged, I want to take a look at a scripture found in Genesis chapter 29. It's one I've taught before several times because I love this passage of scripture where we look at a woman by the name of Leah who goes through great discouragement and during the discouragement and the disappointment that she faces, she goes through a transition where she transitions from, from, from being sapped of her strength during her discouragement to finding a way where she gets, receives the strength of God and her perspective changes in a very powerful way just in the matter of a couple of verses. Now, these couple verses cover several years of her life But she makes a transition, and I believe it's an encouragement because each and every one of us can make a transition in this room. And it's good to know because each and every one of us are gonna go through discouragement. So we're about to look into Genesis 29, but before we do, would you pray with me right now? And let's ask God to speak to us individually. God, we know we're in this room as a group of people, but we believe that you don't wanna just speak to us as a group, you wanna speak to us as individuals. So right now we ask God, would you speak to us as an individual, God? Tell us what we need to hear. Help us to see you and your love. Encourage us today, God. Those of us going through discouragement have gone through discouragement or will go through discouragement. Help us to leave encouraged. And it's in Jesus, then we pray. Amen, amen. So a little backstory before we jump into this. There is a man by the name of Jacob. And his, Jacob is, is the son of Isaac, who is the son of Abraham. And you probably recognize those names because all throughout the Old Testament, God revealed himself by saying, listen, I want you to know who I am. I'm, I'm Jacob. I'm the God of your fathers. Abraham, uh, sorry, I, I'm God. I'm the God of your fathers. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, this is the Jacob that we're talking about here. Um, And we see that Jacob gets to a point where he's now ready to find a wife and there must not have been any eligible girls around his age where he was at because his father Isaac says, hey, it's time for you to go find a wife and this is the advice he gives them. He says, so since it's time for you to find a wife, why don't you go to the land of your mother's people and go stay at your uncle's house and start looking for a wife at your uncle's house. Maybe you're not following me. Like I read this and I'm like, this is some weird old time Arkansas stuff because I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how jacked up your family is, but never in my life have my parents said, hey, when I was growing up there and never like, hey Dan, I noticed you don't have a girlfriend right now. We got a family reunion coming up. So it's like, <laughs> You keep your eye open, see if any of your cousins like you know. It's like I don't even know what to say about that, but it's right there. He said, "I want you to go to your cousin's house and look uh, uh, for a a bride among your kin." And we see here that many of you know the story. Jacob finds um, some sisters, and he finds one woman that he just falls madly in love with. Her name's Rachel, and Rachel has a sister by the name of Leah, and and the Bible describes them a little bit. We'll get to that in just a moment, but we see that he wants to marry Rachel so bad that he makes a deal with her father Laban and says, Laban, I will work for you. I will, I, I will do whatever I need to do in order to be able to marry your daughter Rachel. So they work out an agreement. Okay, you work for me for seven years and I'll let you marry my daughter. See, Laban was... Planning on tricking him because he was never going to allow uh, Rachel his second born daughter to be married before Leah the firstborn, so he 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 tricked her and he's like yeah i 'll let you marry my daughter but he 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 knew all along he was going to have him marry leah so we 've got Jacob who loved Rachel and wanted to marry her and the, the Bible says this now Laban had two daughters and the name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Now, Jacob was in love with Rachel. Now, Bible scholars dispute. What it means that she had weak eyes, there are many different things that that can mean. Um, I've heard people say that must have meant she was ugly. Some people thought maybe she had an issue with her eyes. Who knows what it was? But what we do know is that the Bible does not describe Leah the same way that it describes Rachel. Uh, Her description, she had weak eyes. Rachel's description, she was lovely and beautiful in form. There's a drastic difference there in just the way that Scripture um, describes her. And the, but but Rachel's the younger sister and it was customary that the older sister be married first. So Laban's tricking Jacob into marrying her. See, I I don't know how you get tricked into marrying someone. <laughs> well, maybe in fact, some of you feel like you got tricked into marrying someone. So maybe Amelie feels like she got tricked into marrying me. It's like we get to know people as we're Married to them for a little bit longer. It's like, hey, that is not that is not how you acted before, uh, before that we set our vows. But here, he got tricked into marrying her. So Jacob got tricked and 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 married Leah first, and then a week later, he was able to marry Rachel under the conditions of working for seven more years. So he is now married to both Leah, the older sister, and Rachel, the younger sister. We have the original series, Sister Wives, um, long before it was on television. Well, I wanna pause and look at this from a couple different angles, because first, if you look at it from Jacob's angle, he, he's madly in love with this woman, Rachel. And He decides not only will I work for her for seven years, I'll work for her for 14 years and I will marry another woman that I don't even love and get that out of the way so that she will be eligible that I could marry her. And and, and His focus is fully 100% on Rachel. We see from Rachel's perspective, she doesn't have things go exactly the way she wants. She would rather just be married. She doesn't want uh, Jacob to be married to anyone else, but this is what her father had worked out for her so now she has to wait over seven years before she can be married to the man that loves her and is going through all of these actions in order to be able to get her from both of their perspectives. Certainly not ideal but there's some comfort in the fact that there's a love between the two of them. But let's pause and let's look at this from Leah's standpoint today. Imagine Leah wanted what every one of us want when it comes to marriage. She dreamed as a little girl. She, 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 she thought about what it would be like to walk down the aisle, what it would be like to be swept off her feet, what it would be like to start a home on her own with a man that she loves. She wanted to get married for the same reason that each and every one of us wanna get married. She wanted to be, get married because she wanted to be loved. She wanted to have a partner. She wanted someone who would confide in her, and her and him, and and she wanted to build a life together, raise kids together. This is all what she wanted, but instead what she got was this competition between her sister and herself, where uh, she sees that her sister is more desirable, her sister is more beautiful, her sister is more lovely, and, and she's the younger sister, and this man that is going to marry her loves the younger sister more, and cares about the younger sister, and in fact is only married Marrying me because you actually are just trying to get closer to her. This is the life that was handed to her. You think she was disappointed? Think that she was discouraged? I didn't ask for any of this. I didn't plan on my parents getting a divorce. I didn't plan on the layoffs. I didn't plan on any of this. This was what was handed to me. And Leah had this situation handed to her where she's thinking, I've, I've got to find a way to turn this around. If my circumstances could just change, if my husband could just love me, if I could find some way where I could become more important to, to my husband than, than, than Rachel is, that I could be valued, I could have someone who cares for me. It's like there, there, there's so much in my life that's not going the way that I want. I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. I'm unloved. And we know that it's not just how she felt, felt being unloved. We see that the, the Bible says that God even saw the fact that she was unloved. Uh, the Bible says in verse 31, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, so he's, he's watching her. This is his child that, that God loves. And, and you know what, I think there's a lot of us in this room are listening online that you feel like you are going through things where you're like, my circumstances, they suck right now. I'm sorry, if you can't handle a pastor that says sucks, the truth is you said it on the way here anyways. And the truth is life sucks sometimes. And we think, am I the only one that recognizes what I'm going through and recognizes I can't sleep at night and recognizes I'm disappointed and discouraged? But the Bible says that that, that God saw her and knew what was going on. And don't think for a moment your God doesn't see and understand exactly what you're going through. And he cares for you and he loves you. And the Bible says that when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. And Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son and she named him Reuben. For she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. And then catch this verse right here. It says, surely my husband will love me now. What a great picture of disappointment. Like Leah wanted to be loved so bad and she couldn't get it. So she places her expectations on a child. She thinks if my circumstances change and I can just have a child, then surely my, my circumstances will change to a point to where I can be loved and, I, and my husband can see value in me because I provided for him a child. And she hoped so bad that this would be a boy because there was so much weight put on the fact that the firstborn son had so much honor that was carried to, with him. His name would be passed down. His inheritance, the honor, all the whole household passed down to the firstborn son. So she's thinking, if I can just get this before Rachel does, if I can have a son before Rachel does, then I will be so valuable to my husband Jacob that he will have no choice but to love me and to honor me more than her. It's like I've got a one-up on my sister now. Certainly this is gonna be what it is. My circumstance has now changed The circumstances changed that now I carry a son for him. Surely he's going to love me now. With this circumstance changing, she still found herself in the same predicament because we see that Leah's disappointment will continue because the Bible says in verse 33, she conceived again, And when she gave birth to the son, she named. She said, because the Lord uh, heard that I am not loved. So now on the second child, she's still saying, I'm not loved. So what does that tell us? It tells us it didn't work. She waited and she hoped for a circumstance to change. And it changed and she still found herself in a place of misery where she was still unloved. Guys, I hope you will catch that. Because how often do we pray for circumstantial changes in our lives? I can tell you on the regular, it is what I find myself praying for. Oh God, could you help me get out of this financial problem? Oh God, could you give me favor with this person in our city? Oh God, could you help me pay this bill? Oh God, if I could just get that job. If I could just date this person, if I could just marry this man, if I could just get this situation under control, and then, and then it happens, and we realize, wait a minute, now the circumstances changed, but my issues haven't. It's like, I, I've heard it so many times about people who want to um, get a new start in life, so they want, they're thinking, I screwed up so much stuff here. I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna go to another city, get a fresh start. And I've heard older, wiser people have heard counselors say, the problem with that is you're going to bring yourself with you. <laughs> so you can move anywhere you want to in the world, but you're thinking that the circumstances around you are gonna fix you, but, but you're bringing you, your broken self, to that place. So you know what you're gonna have is your issues in a different location. And now we got Leah with the same issues of being unloved, being disappointed, being discouraged. And her circumstances changed. Now she's got a son. It says, God must have heard that I'm not loved because he gave me another son. So it says, he gave me this one too and she named him Simeon. Then verse 34. I mean, she just keeps popping out kids now because again it says, again she conceived to win she gave birth to a son. She said, now at last, my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So she named him Levi. Now at last. like, so I did it the, okay, so what I tried is I tried to have a son and that was going to change my circumstances and, eventually, and then I would be happy and it didn't work. So what'd she try again? She thought, if I can just have another son, it's gonna change my circumstances, he's gonna love me, I'm gonna be happy. And then the third time, now what am I gonna do? I'm gonna try to have a son and then it's gonna change my circumstances, I'm gonna be happy. Now at last, are we not learning from the fact that when we try to change our circumstances on our own that the same result continues to happen? Three sons, she did it. You got the job. You got the promotion. You got the second promotion. Now you're in management. Are you still happy? Are you still suffering? You went to the marriage counseling. You went to the marriage retreat. You've gone on a vacation together. Are you you still struggling? You you brought the kids through the disciplinary actions. You've got them in the right school. You got them in a different group of of friends, but they're still having issues like, like, Are you recognizing that maybe what's going on on the inside has nothing to do with what's going on on the outside? Like there's a fix that we're thinking, this fix is gonna make me better. I'm gonna get out of this discouragement. I'm gonna be happy. I'm gonna be hopeful. I'm, I'm strong enough to do this. If I could just accomplish this circumstance, change, and then it happens over and over and over again for Leah. And this is where I wanna show you the transition that took place in Leah's life. And we recognize that this was not overnight. This took place through a series of raising three boys to now we find ourselves before she has her fourth child. And so... We don't know exactly how many years this was, but over several years, a transition changed in her life to where she got to this place. She had the courage and the strength to get to this place. In verse 35, something changed between verse 34 and 35. Something changed in that season because it says she conceived again and when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah, and she stopped having children, which itself is a blessing if you are raising four boys. <laughs> you're afraid to say amen because you're sitting next to your kids right now. <laughs> this time I will, cha- I will praise the Lord. This time I will praise the Lord. What happened with Leah? Leah is Leah recognized that all along I've been chasing after if my circumstance will just change, then I won't be disappointed. Then I won't be discouraged. I'll be happy. I, I, I will finally get to the point where I have what I want. I will be happy. And over and over and over again, as she searched for what she thought she was gonna, make, was gonna make her happy, she was unhappy. And she finally realized that as I serve myself and as I try to change circumstances, it's not working. So what I need to do is I need to change my perspective to recognize that the only one that can bring me joy, the only one that can bring me happiness, the only one that can fix me is my God. And he deserves to be worshiped and he deserves to be praised regardless of where my circumstances are because things are never going to be perfect for me so I just need to recognize that this time I'm gonna praise God. This time I'm not gonna look for my my hope and the outcome of my joy to be on another person. I'm just gonna praise him and thank him because he's the only one that really loves me. He's the only one that really cares for me. He's the only one that matters. This time I will praise the Lord. I wonder how many of you have the strength or need to find the strength to be able to say, this time, no matter what my circumstances are, I'm going to praise God This time, my question for you is, what are you waiting for? What circumstance are you waiting to change before you start praising him? What circumstance have you been, gosh, you've lost sleep over it. You've walked, you've paced the floor at night. Your spouse falls asleep and you sit there and you stare at the ceiling you you work through every scenario of how you can fix this and how you can fix that and if this just changes and that changes then there's going to be peace and if if i can just do this and that then i'll have security this way financially and you work in all of these schemes out in your life that if these things will just happen then surely i'm going to be happy then I wanna encourage you today to look at Leah's life that we can learn from her that everything can line up straight in your life and everything can appear perfect and you can have the firstborn son and you can have a multitude of children and you can do everything you're supposed to do that you think is going to fix you but nothing is gonna fix you until you recognize that God deserves to be worshiped and he deserves to be praised regardless of where you're at. So how do you get the strength How do you have the strength like Leah? How do you have the strength like Leah in the midst of things not working out the way you want to uh, t- in order to be able to say, you know what? I'm gonna worship God this time. Oh, my kids are freaking out. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna worship God. I'm gonna praise Him. Oh, I got the job and it's not what I wanted. I'm in management and found out that in management you have to deal with people. Um, I got the bigger house, and what that means is bigger bills and more work to do. I got, I got the nicer car, and now I've got people that are jealous of me, and my car got keyed. I got, I got all that I went for. I went for the degrees and still don't have the job. I got the job and still don't have the accolades and the respect. Of the, I got the accolades and the respect, but I'm lonely. It's like you. this time I will praise the Lord. I wanna give you a couple points before we leave, and this is gonna be really, really brief. Um, It's funny because it's 10 o'clock now, and I I could say that I've got a six point message, and it's true, I got a six point message, but I'm gonna let you out real, real quick. Uh, I wanna give you six things to do when you need strength, when you're discouraged. Okay, six things to do. Take a picture of these on the side screen, share them on social media, do whatever you gotta do, but remember these things because you're gonna need them. These are the six things to do to combat discouragement, to build your strength when you're discouraged. Number one, look back. Look back, what do I mean by that? Look back at the track record of what God has already done in your life. It is so easy to focus on the issues that you're going through right now and forget about what God has already brought you through. But you gotta look back. I can remember that that when I was a little child, we moved here uh, for Fort Worth, Texas. Um, our building was burned by an arson when it was on Seventeenth and Elm. And as a kid, we were, I was freaking out. I didn't understand what was going on. Uh, I just knew that we moved here uh, moved here to start this church. This is what my parents were doing. And it's on fire right now. And I was, I was a kid, but I was still freaking out. And I remember my parents pulled my sister and I aside and we just prayed and my parents prayed and thanked God like this. They said, thank you for everything you've always done. Every time we've ever been scared, every time we've ever had an issue, every time things didn't work out, you always came through for us. And we know that you'll come through for us now. Because God has a track record of of helping you, of getting you out. So you gotta look back. What is the track record that he has for you in your life? And if you take just a moment, look, you'll recognize there are things you've been through. You should have died. You should have been arrested. That sickness should have overtaken you. But it didn't. He was there for you. And I can look back in my own life, and I go through struggles now, and, and we've gone through some issues recently. Those of you that know our family, you know we've been in the hospital a lot in the last couple of years. And we can look back at the track record of going. Wait, we remember when we were so broke we couldn't afford groceries, and God got us through. We remember when when our cars were breaking down and we had no transportation, and God got us through. We remember when my uh, firstborn daughter was in the NICU for several days, and we were terrified, and God God got us through. We remember the different surgeries. We remember all of these different things and God got us through every time. And when you do that, when you face something that's discouragement, you can remember God will get me through. So you gotta look back. What is the track record that you have? Look back at the great things that he's already done for you. Number two, look up. What do I mean by that? Look up and constantly remind yourself of how God, big God is. When your focus is on him, we remember how big he is and all of our little situations that we deal with become so incredibly small. Many of you have seen it before as I brought a telescope on this stage. I kept a telescope in my office for years because it reminded me. If you look through your telescope up to the sky, you see a star and it looks beautiful and amazing and big. and Everything around you, you're not even focusing on anymore. But the, the, the point of a telescope is to make what we're focusing on big. So if you flip it around, and have you ever looked through a telescope backwards? What happens? The important object of focus becomes incredibly small and where the focus is actually aimed is you. So you become incredibly big and, and, and everything else becomes incredibly small on the other side. And that is the way it is in your walk with God. When your focus is on God, your problem seems small. But as soon as you turn the focus around to me, oh, me, 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 me. Oh, can you believe this happened to me? Can you believe they're talking about layoffs? Can you believe I got sick? Can you believe he did this to me? Can you believe she did that to me? When you focus on your problems, then you look back through and you look up to God and he might seem small and far off. So we have to remember to keep our focus on him, keep our focus upward. It's like my daughter, Kayla, when she was a little baby, she got a splinter on her thumb and she was just there screaming, oh my gosh, it hurts so bad. And I remember I I wasn't wearing my glasses, so I went over and looked and I couldn't even see it. I'm like, I think we're going to have to amputate. I don't know. It's like, I don't know where to begin, so let's just cut the whole hand off, right? And she's like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that but it's like we can look at the pain that we go through in life and focus on it so much she couldn't see anything else that was going on around her and how often do we get stuck in that trap? As we gotta look back at his track record. We look have to look up at how great he is. Number three, we gotta look out. Look out for the things that feed discouragement. Figure out the things that feed discouragement and stay away from them. Eliminate them. I'm not gonna get up here and just... Preach about oh social media this and bad TV that and bad movies that. No, you know what it is. You know. Have you ever um, ingested something that while you're ingesting it, it feels incredible, and then later you're sick? That's my my problem with chicken wings. <laughs> it's like I love them. I love them so much. I love it man I love it I love sitting down with the basket and you smell the grease just coming like you get that coat of grease on you as it comes to the table and it's like the hot sauce I love it it's like I'm just taking it down never once have I been eating chicken wings going oh this is this is a bad idea I don't feel this I'm thinking this is good I like this give me another one right another basket please hey right here and then And then what happens is a couple hours later, I am sick as a dog. I'm lethargic. I'm laying on the couch. I don't want to get up. I don't have energy for the rest of the day. All because of what I put into myself. I've done that in the past. I'm not even on social media anymore. And I'm not, again, I'm not preaching against it, but I'm not even on anymore because I do the same thing. I'm flipping through it. Oh, that's. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, can you believe that? Oh, wow. I've got all these different things. Huh, should they be on vacation right now? I know how much debt they're in. And, um, and flip it through. And at the time, it doesn't feel bad. It feels like a really good idea. It's like, oh, this is nice. This is nice. And then what did I do? I made myself sick. I ingested something to where now it's like, I'm discouraged, I'm disappointed. I don't have what they have. They're in Maui right now. I'm working right now. It's like, I got all these issues going on. Why? Because I'm ingesting something. The Bible shows us clearly that we should not compare ourselves with one another. So if we want to combat discouragement, we wanna become strong in the face of disappointment and discouragement. Number one, look back to his um, track record in our life. Look up, number two, to how big God is. Look out for uh, things that feed discouragement, number three, and then look around for people who will encourage you. We have people in our lives who will be an encouragement to us. Are you investing into those relationships? Are you pouring into them? Those are the relationships you should be giving your time and your attention to because there's gonna be times you're gonna need people in your life who will encourage you, who will stand up next to you. I do hospital visits quite often, and when I do, I've seen that there are people on opposite ends of the spectrum here. I've seen people go through very difficult times um, where they were scared and needed encouragement and had absolutely no one around them. And then I have also gone, and they're like super happy when I come to the hospital to visit them, uh, and, and then lonely once I leave. And then I've also gone to hospital rooms where I felt completely unwelcome. I felt loved and appreciated, but there was no need for me there. There. I went into one old man's room one time in the hospital and I had to push past like 15 people just to get to him, to talk to him because his small group was in the room. And I'm like, I can't even talk in the room because they got the TV turned up so loud. He was like, listen, Bob can't hear the TV because he's so freaking old. So just let him hear Price is Right. And once that's over, and they're just giving him a hard time and they're loving on him. And they're caring for him and they're praying for him. And it's like, I was just an afterthought to even be there. And let me tell you something, that is exactly the way it should be. The Bible says encourage one another regularly. We should be around people who encourage us. And here's what I want you to hear. Don't wait until you need encouragement to pour into those relationships. Because the difference is both of those people that I just talked about, they both go to our church. They they both come on a regular uh, basis and listen on Sundays. One of them invested into small groups and invested into relationships so that they had uplifting people that would encourage them throughout their week, throughout the good times and throughout the bad times. The other one thought, I don't need that right now. I'll get to that some point later in my life. Then they both needed it and one of them had it and one of them did it. So I wonder, are you looking around for the people that will encourage you? And then five, look beyond. Look beyond your own problems to find someone that you can help. The Bible says the generous will themselves be refreshed, or generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. The generous will prosper and those who refresh others will be refreshed. See, it's so weird because we think I need encouragement, someone encourage me and God's like, listen, you need encouragement, so encourage other people. When you serve, it encourages you. Not they encourage you, but when you serve, the Bible says you will be refreshed. Well, Where is that coming from? That's coming from God. So if if you use what you do have to encourage other people when you are discouraged, you're disappointed, God will pour out encouragement to you. When you become a vessel in which you are showing his love to other people, he'll just keep pouring his love out in you and on you. I can tell you there have been times where I've I've been—I've—I haven't wanted to come serve. I haven't wanted to come pray with people. I've wanted to come help other people because I've had my own pity parties. I've had my my own issues. Someone just—someone just sit down and listen to what's wrong with me. And the truth is, every time God has given me the grace and the strength to be able to serve other people through those times. That has turned it around for me to where now all of a sudden my problems seem really small and I'm helping other people and God's just filling me up with His encouragement and His love. And then the last one, the last place that we look for strength is look in. Now, don't get me wrong. The answer to your problems is not on the inside. We all need a Savior, right? What I'm saying here is maybe God has already given you what you need to encourage yourself. The Bible says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. Well, David had, had an understanding of the promises of God, memory verses. He, he, he worshiped God. So he looked within and knew, I know what God has shown me and I'm gonna focus on what God can do in me. So I'm gonna start this work on the inside. I wonder, have you started the work to fill yourself up with God's word so you can encourage yourself? where you go through times where you're scared and you remember the Bible verse that says, uh, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will go with you wherever you know. That's uh, Joshua 1, 9. Uh, If you feel discouraged by people thinking you're too young, do you remember 1 Timothy that talks about don't let anyone discourage you because you're young? I mean, like you gotta start pulling from what God has already put in you so I can go, listen, I'm not gonna start this work of me changing and becoming stronger on the outside. That was Leah's problem from the beginning if my circumstances change on the outside that'll fix it no she got to a point later where she thought the work has to begin in me so I'm gonna just praise God from who I am on the inside no matter what's going on in closing I remember uh the first time we got a big puzzle for our daughters when they were younger They always played with like the 25-piece puzzle and then the 100-piece puzzle. And one Christmas, we got a 1,000-piece puzzle. And I dumped it on the table, and they freaked out. Oh, It's too big. We can't do it. It's overwhelming. It's Just too much much to work on. And I coached them through, and I said, girls, what we're gonna do is we're gonna start with the edges, The, the ones with the straight sides. We can find that. We're gonna start with what we know. And when we start with what we know, all of the other pieces will fall into place. So brothers and sisters, I wanna encourage you today when it comes to to strength in facing discouragement, start with what you know. You might look at your situation and go, it's overwhelming, it's too big, But, but, but wait. If you just do what you know to do, if you just worship him, if you just serve him, if you just focus on him, If you just remove some of the relationships and some of the things in your life that are discouraging you, those streams of influence, if you know that's what to do, just start working on that and eventually all the other pieces will start to fall into place and you'll start to recognize, wait a minute, I'm not discouraged anymore. I made it through a very difficult season and this time I will praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters and I just pray that right now you would be glorified in our lives. We know that the enemy wants to discourage us so that we don't keep moving forward, but I pray that you would give us the strength, help us to find the strength in you to be able to continue to love you and worship you and decide just like Leah did, this time I'm gonna praise you regardless of our circumstances because God, we wanna be stronger in our faith. We wanna be stronger in our fight with you. So I pray that. I pray your Holy Spirit would impart it to each and every one of us today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. everybody said... Amen. Let's give our God a shout of praise before we leave today.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94,000 to connect with one of our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.